Hi everyone, welcome back to the Run For Fun podcast. This is episode 7. Um, I apologise, I've got no music um, that I normally start with, so I've just not got access to it. I'm just recording this in my car at the minute, uh, while I take sort of half an hour to have a sandwich and a break at work. So um, yeah, no start music, but yeah, welcome to Run For Fun. Uh, my name's Lee, uh, I'm just an average runner. Those that have heard this podcast before understand that it's not the most edited and highbrow of podcasts. It's just me rambling on about what I've done and uh, what I'm doing. And uh, hopefully you, you will find this of, uh, of some interest if you're into running. Uh, the last podcast I did uh, was leading up to me running my first ultra, which was the Sublime 12-hour night race. Uh, if you listen back to episode 6... Um, you'll get my views and opinions of uh, my first ultra, how I felt I went, things I've learnt, and uh, yeah, just really, you know, what, what it's like to run your first ultra. So um, if you've not listened to this podcast before, go back to episode six, and there's a bit of a, a cover of um, how that race went. Uh, since then, um, I've not really done any podcasts for a while, obviously, because this is the next episode, and there's about a two-month gap, I think. Um purely because work and family and bits and bobs around the house have, uh, I suppose, for choice of a better phrase, have got in the way. So um, apologies if you've uh, enjoyed the first six podcasts and there's not been one for a while. Uh, but yeah, this is episode seven. Um, since my last podcast, uh, I've ran the Berlin Marathon. Um, that was... Well, it was, it was a fantastic day. Uh, I'm quite lucky. Uh, the company I work for are, are very much into their health and uh, people's mental health and encouraging people to, to keep fit and have a fit mind. And I think they believe that, that the fitter you are and healthier you are, it leads to being a better performer at work, which I think it does. And on the basis of that, they, uh, they choose a marathon each year for uh, people that are interested to run. A uh, company I work for is uh, a company called Raja Packaging, uh, based in France, but I work for the, the UK uh, branch uh, site. Um, and um, since joining them, I've been with them just over, well, probably about 18 months now. I missed the last marathon. They they did their last one just as I joined, which was Copenhagen. Uh, but previously, they've done things like New York, and it's all paid for. It's just just fantastic. So... Luckily, through the, the company I work for, and I've got to thank them for it, uh, I was given the opportunity to spend three days in Berlin, uh, all paid for by the company, running with a couple of people I knew from the, the UK office. And uh, I think altogether there were about 20, 20, 25 of us from all the different offices around Europe. Uh, we all came together, uh, stayed at a hotel together and uh, had our meals and done a couple of little training runs together uh, in preparation for the Berlin Marathon. Um, <clears throat> for any that, are, that aren't aware, Berlin is one of the, the world marathon majors, uh, which include uh, Chicago, Boston, New York, London, Berlin and Tokyo. Um, and if you do all six, you get your six-star finisher medal. Uh, I did London a couple, ooh, a couple of years ago, 2018. Uh, so no, yeah, 18 months ago. That was my first. And Berlin was my second, and it, it didn't disappoint. It was, It was a fantastic day. If anyone's not done Berlin, but is contemplating it, I'd certainly uh, get, your, get your name down in the ballot or the entry for it. It's, it's, just, it's just brilliant. Um, it is uh, a, a lovely course around Berlin. You run 
through what is the old east and west. I mean, the wall, you don't really see it, because uh, obviously it's not there. Um, but you, you do see the stark contrast between what was traditionally the, 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 the communist side of, of Germany and, and, and the west, really. Uh, the event itself went really well. Uh, there were probably, I think there were about 46,000 runners. I had heard that, you know, there's no atmosphere to equal London Marathon, but Berlin came pretty close. It, was, it wasn't three or four deep with spectators all the way around, but there were certainly areas in Berlin that were as loud as London in places. Generally, the crowds were a bit lower um, in support, but the support that was there, bizarrely for the Mexicans, every Mexican runner got a right big cheer, and uh, they were the most prominent noise, I think, on the course. Anyone, if you're running Berlin and you're near someone from Mexico, expect a big cheer. There's, there's just pockets of Mexican fans everywhere. Um, but yeah, course was great. You start off um, at one side of the Brandenburg Gate. It's well organised. Uh, you go into the the start village. Uh, the baggage collection, I f- the baggage storage, I found was was a bit segregated. So I had a bit of a walk to find where my baggage was going to be stored. But very efficient. Took my bag off me and uh, made it a very pleasant experience and very relaxed. Leading up to the the start of the race, um, we got from there. I went into the, the the start pens. I was in pen uh, H, I think it was. G or H, I was about six or seven pens from the start, uh, and, and all the time you're in there, the, the, there's the music going, there's a big video screens, they're encouraging everyone to do sort of like group Icelandic clapping, a bit like the football fans, and yeah, the, 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 the half an hour that I was in the pen felt like about ten minutes, it went really quick, and everyone was really friendly, uh, the, the staff that were there, there was asked a couple of people, you know, for directions and, and questions about toilets and things, very good. Um, so yeah, got to the start pen uh, in good time. Um, it was a bit drizzly on the day, uh, but they had these sort of big polythene sort of plasticky sheets with Berlin Marathon printed all over, uh, which they were handing out for anyone that hadn't got any extra layers or sufficient layers on to keep themselves warm. Uh, I always take like an old t-shirt and just bung that on top of my running gear and sort of chuck it just before I'm about to start. I know that in, I think, London, they they collect all the clothing and give it away to charities and homeless people, but I don't know if they do that at Berlin. Um, but, yeah, launched my T-shirt. That, that kept me nice and, and well, reasonably warm because I think it was about 12 degrees, 13 degrees in the morning, so a bit chilly. Uh, but, yeah, the, all the activities and all the, the mass participation stuff they do keeps you in high spirits and warm. Uh, and then I was off. Uh, the plan was to run... Uh, sub five my best previous marathon was about 513 so again if you're new to this podcast i'm not an elite this is really is stories of an average runner uh, and uh, a set off um, with a plan to run to heart rate as opposed to pace uh, which is something i hadn't done in a marathon before i'd always got a time in my head broke it down allowed for a bit of fatigue and worked out my average pace per mile um, I knew roughly what I needed to be doing, but my main focus was on my heart rate, and my aim was to try and keep it below 160. Uh, in some of my training runs and some of the faster club stuff, I can you know sort of go into the mid 170s. But I thought if I can keep it around about 150, 155, I know that my body's coping. 
it might delay the onset of lactic acid and any sort of cramping and uh, just stuck to that really uh, what I found going into the first three or four miles was that uh, sort of sticking to about a 155 heart rate for me I mean it's not exact I don't have a heart meter on my chest it's just purely what my watch is reading and I fully understand that it's not 100% accurate um, but keeping that that reading on my watch in the 150s I was running at around about 10 minute 10 15s um, which you know was 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 comfortable and if I could keep that up I knew that I was going to be in and around the, the five hour mark um, the weather deteriorated as the race went on uh, I think sort of the middle of the race there must have been about 20 minutes maybe half an hour where the rain really freaking come down and it started to get started to get a bit cold because it was just sitting on you it was like a it wasn't it, yeah it was it was chucking it down it was chucking it down for about 20 minutes half an hour and either side of the the real proper rain it was drizzling which was nice it was it was quite refreshing just to run into like a misty drizzle um to keep my core temperature down um and and allow me to maintain my pace um the, the surprising thing about Berlin for me is was that I went through 10k in I think one, oh, one hour one minute. I think 20k was something like two hours four. 30k I hit in I think three hours 15, three hours 12, three hours 15. So once I got to 30k I, I suddenly realised that I'm, I'm more than likely going to go sub five but there is a chance I might even get sort of 420, 430. Um, so I just, um, well, yeah, just kept at that pace. It was comfortable. Kept monitoring my heart rate on my watch, and and, and just kept going. Um, there were there was there was loads of a bit like London. You you could pretty much swim around London with the amount of water that's available. And it was the same at Berlin. Um, every water station had water, um, tea if you wanted it. I believe it was cold, like iced tea type thing. I didn't have any of that, but. Yeah, water, tea, pretty much every other uh, water station had this sort of, uh, what was it? It was like a beetroot-based energy drink, and I thought, I'll give it a go. Um, I'm conscious that, you know, trying something new on a marathon is, is, is against all the rules, but I just thought it's an electrolyte, it should help keep my... Uh, salt levels or all my mineral levels up to up to level up to a certain level and, and maybe delay the onset of cramp maybe even get rid of the cramp altogether that I had experienced in the last two or three miles of, of the marathons I've done previously um, but it tasted actually tasted quite nice uh, so what I did was every water station I would walk um, it just gave my legs that sort of 50 50 60 meters of of, of, of a break um, helped again just to draw my heart rate back to the 150 sort of level um, and it didn't delay my time too much uh, it, it actually kept me pretty fresh um, I felt really good up until I hadn't felt it before but other marathons I get sort of 18 19 miles and my legs start to really stiffen up and turn to a bit wooden uh, Berlin I don't know if it just everything aligned or whether my training had been that much better um, I didn't really start to feel really painful aches or, or an ache in, in my right leg or anywhere around my hips until about 23 miles. Um, Training-wise, 
for this marathon, I think my longest training run was 16 miles, but I had done a lot more speed work in and around sort of the, you know, five, six miles, sort of 10k uh, distance. And I think that helped me with keeping a consistent pace, which obviously I was running a lot slower than I, I, I can do my speed work at. And it helped me just get to that further distance without the onset of, of, of the aches and pains as early as normal. So going into sort of mile, I think, well, the 40k mark, which I think was like about mile 24-ish. I looked at my watch and I think I was on for a, about, a, I was looking at about a 4.25 finish. I was like, brilliant. I've, I've gone in for sub 5. I might even do sub 4.30 here if things go to plan. Um, so I just, just maintained my pace as best I could and uh, started finish, thinking about the finish, which is uh, the iconic run of, I don't know if people saw Kipchoge last year, but you sort of come around the final bend, you've got two or 300 metres to the Brandenburg Gate, and then you've got probably two or 300 metres past that uh, to the finish line. But as, as things would happen, I got about two bends before the, the, the final straight, so I was probably about a K from the finish. And the legs just turned to jelly. And uh, the wheels well and truly fell off. Um, other than walking the water stops, I hadn't walked any of the marathon at all. I'd been running it all at, at a comfortable pace. But that last kilometre um, was a struggle. I had to put a couple of really brief sort of 10 second walk breaks in just to give my legs a rest and do a couple of sort of holding on to the barrier squats just to release some of the pain in my thighs. Um, but got through it and got to that final straight and just I'm about to go under the Brandenburg gate thinking right this is it look strong feel strong the crowds are here let's put a, a nice performance in I'm you know one of 46,000 people but who knows you know if I look strong I might catch someone's eye and get a bit of encouragement before the end but honestly 10 meters before going under the Brandenburg gate it just felt like one of my, I think it was my, my right calf muscle just basically went into a, just turned into a tennis ball. And uh, so, as opposed to looking strong and and powerful and having a strong finish uh, to the marathon, um, I pretty much limped through the Brandenburg Gate in sort of a running, hobbling limp and swore at myself quite harshly. For about 10 seconds, I remember doing that as I went under the gate. And as I got under the gate, I could just see the finish barrier. Like I say, it's probably three, no more than 400 metres away. And I was like, come on, Lee. I looked at my watch. I was about 4.30. I thought, well, 4.30's gone. 4.31, I think it was, somewhere about 4.32. Just get to the end. And I went as fast as I could. I mean, it was it was snail's pace, really. But I think I went down to about 12, 13-minute miling. I just broke a bit. Uh, but yeah, managed to get under the barrier and, and, a, and an official finish time of uh, 4.37.57. So I'd done about a half hour PB over my previous best, which was great. I'd done my five hour uh, sub five target, which was fantastic. Um, and I was pretty close to 4.30. I think if I hadn't have had the, the, the few sort of uh, pain issues in the last four, three or four K, I, I might have even snuck under the 4.30, but that's ifs and buts and what's and shit but so no over the moon 437 57 really chuffed for myself um after the race one of the guys from work i was running with aaron 
I think he did a, a three. He was aiming for sub four, and he did three fifty eight. I think um, came through the finish and got my medal and all the goodies that are on 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 um, available to the runners. And as I come out of the uh, start finish village, you go to I think it's Hut Barnhof, which is the big station. That's where we'd arrived for the for the marathon. I started making my way there, and, and pretty much within a minute of leaving the village, Aaron's on the phone. Hi Lee, how are you? Everything okay? I'm in McDonald's, come and meet me. Now, after a marathon, I, I believe a lot of people like to eat, but I just can't stomach food. So um, I was like, yep, I'll see you in McDonald's. I'm not having anything, mate, but I'll come and meet you. So it was really nice that although it was a cool day, it was wet, and just walking back to the station, I was starting to get a bit cold. Um, Aaron had done this walk half an hour before, but bless him, he'd still waited for me, um, which was which was great. And while he was stuffing himself with about 15 bits of uh, chicken and two portions of chips and three milkshakes, whatever he had, I just sat there um, on the floor. There was no seats. Just sat next to him on the floor and we were just chatting. And it was just fantastic. He'd, he'd, he'd done his target. I'd done mine. And it was just a fantastic day. Uh, from there, we, we got the train back to the hotel, met up with a few other people from, from Raja. Um, times ranged from, I think, a couple of people did sort of sub-threes. Um, majority of people around about the four-hour mark. I think there's probably about 10 people all within about 10 or 15 minutes of each other. And then, um, then there was a few sort of towards the 4.30s, myself, and then a couple of people who'd had a couple of issues. I think they were aiming for sort of four hours, but they'd had a few issues with with pains and niggles, so they came in behind me. But we all met up in that hotel that evening, um, and the company owner had arranged and treated us all to a, a meal at the Reichstag building, uh, which is basically the, the, the German parliament, and it was quite high security with passports and metal detectors getting in. Um, but and the food, I'm not a fan of seafood, and it was basically fish, fish, and fish, but the bits that came with it were, I've never, the food was fantastic, and the atmosphere was great, and it was quite clearly an expensive restaurant, um, with fantastic wine, even though I didn't drink, I had one little sip of wine, but I, I just stayed on sparkling water, I just didn't fancy much of a drink, but, oh, what a, what a great, what a great day. Uh, and taking out the personal bit for me, which was, you know, running it with people I work with and stuff. The actual marathon itself, um, if ever you get the opportunity, I know I certainly will. If I ever get the opportunity to run it again, I, I'd, I'd jump at the chances. It's a great a great event, well supported um, and, and, and fantastic. And uh, yeah, that's Berlin Marathon done. So that's really the, the main the main thing that's gone on for me since the last podcast. Um, since then, on a more local level, I took part in, in the first of, I think there's five, but the first of a, a local frostbite series, which are sort of self-arranged between about a dozen running clubs in and around Peterborough. It's sort of a, a trail race around, you know, like your, your local country park where you go and walk your dog and have an ice cream in the summer. Um, it's not really cross-country. It can be a bit slippy in the wet, but uh, I've done one of those um, and came, I think, about a minute slower than I'd done it the previous year, so not too bad. Um, on top of that, I've also took, taken part in my first uh, Lincolnshire Athletics cross-country event. I did their second one, which was up at Woodall Spa, just sort of between sort of Boston and Lincoln. Uh, that didn't go to plan. That was a five-mile race. 
Um, and I thought, you know, I could, when we do these, these frostbites that I've just mentioned, they're five miles, and I can normally do them at about eight-minute mile pace. So I thought I'd do this cross-country eight-minute mile pace, and although it wasn't really boggy, there were a few wet bits, but and it's really flat around Lincolnshire, if anyone knows Lincolnshire. But I just, eight-minute mile in, I managed to get it for about three miles, and I just faded. I, I, I don't know if it's fatigue from the marathon or whether I've been doing, you know, some harder training sessions with club but I just faded a bit I think I came fifth from from last um but I did it I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to doing the next one um another oh another highlight that I've had is a couple of weeks ago I took part uh, for Bourntown Harriers who I run for in the um Socony uh national cross-country relays in Mansfield now, I was told before, there was a few lads talking about it, they've done it the last few years, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to do the relays, blah, blah, blah. Anyone interested? And I, I knew that it was the, the, the sharper end of the club that had taken part before, and uh, I didn't want to ruin any team's overall performance. So I just said, look, I'm a bit slower than all of you lot. If you need me, I'm there, but I'm sure between you, you can get a team. Um, which they did. They got a team, and then they also got a second team, and I was in that second team, which were a group of guys that... Um, our, our A team, are, uh, there's four lads there that would run 5K on the flat in sort of 17, 18, well, anything between sort of 17 and 20 minutes. And then the the B team that I was in, um, I'm, I was the slowest, but our, our sort of a standard 5K pace is, is sort of like 20 to 24 minutes, 23 minutes sort of thing. Um, so yeah, went to the National Cross Country Relays and it was quite a journey really to run for 20 something minutes. But again, if anyone's listening to this who's a club runner and they get a chance next year to take part, I, I would I'd fully say do it. Um, there were, I think, about 190 teams across four or five different age categories and gender categories and things. There's about five or six different races. Uh, the race I was in was uh, four by 5k. I ran the last leg for us, and uh, I've got to be honest, I'm in the start pen, ready for the, the transition from the third guy to me, and while I'm waiting there, the, the lead teams have already finished, I mean, I think the lead, uh, there was a running club from Leeds, and another one from Bedford were in the top, I think they won it, or top two or three, and looking at the figures, these guys were running around a very muddy course, very slippery, quite a bit of, you know, standing water and puddles. Um, it was constantly up, there was nothing on the flat, there was no real hills in it, but it was all up and down undulating, uh, two laps, and and the lead guys were a team of four, I think they were averaging sort of 16 minutes each for their for their leg, um, my leg for Bourne I think was 26, and I think the fastest in our team was about 22 and a half, 23 minutes, so we came 190th I think, um, out of the, as I said, there was about 180, 190 clubs, but some clubs had two or three teams. So I think our A team came, I think, 150th. The B team that I was in came about 180-something, 190, out of a total of about 220 teams. So, again, nowhere near the front, but a fantastic event, um, covered in mud, slipping around everywhere in my trail shoes. I mean, even the guys that run in spikes said that they were having trouble on some points getting some grip. But I think running in trail shoes, when you know you're not going to win, it just makes it a bit more fun, really, because there's always that jeopardy that you're going to go arse over tip and just come over that finish line coated in mud. I didn't fall over, by the way. But 
it's just yeah it's just a bit of fun and and really enjoyed it so yeah national cross country relays i think they're at mansfield every year if you're a club runner because you've got to be ea affiliated to run if you're a club runner and your club doesn't know about it tell them about it and if they know about it get yourself on the team if you can it's it's a great day look it was pissing down the rain all day when i was there but even the rain didn't put a damper on it no pun intended it was just a really good day so yeah get yourself down there if you can and uh other than training, doing club nights, that, that's me for the last couple of months, really. Um, coming up, I mean, I, last week I've put in a last-minute entry for the Nottingham Christmas Marathon, which is at the end of uh, it's the 30th of November, I think, so just over a week's time. That's eight laps, eight and a bit laps of a rowing lake at Nottingham. It isn't the most glamorous of events, but I did it last year um, and thoroughly enjoyed it because it's just a party atmosphere. The as it's laps, they have a, a like a well, not a water station. It's like an ultra aid station. They have crisps and food and drink and cake on one side of the lake. Uh, the other side, of a few port cabins, uh, port sorry, and a guy under a, a canopy just blasting out Christmas songs and just music, high fiving everyone. It's it's not the biggest race in the world. I think there's about two hundred and fifty, maybe three hundred runners. Uh, but the app, there's, there's people in Santa outfits, there's people dressed up as reindeer, and it's just a fun marathon, which, you know, based on what I did at Berlin, I'm hoping to go sub five, but you know what? I don't really give don't really give a shit, really. It's just a great day. Um, and, you know, what is that? In, in effect, when you, you, you strip it back, it's a very bland marathon, eight laps of the same thing. Um, but the fact that the faster guys with me being as slow as I am, the faster guys are lapping you after about four or five laps. They're shouting encouragement, which is great. You're, you're applauding them and cheering them on. The, the, the volunteers and the crew are high-fiving you and playing music and dancing as you're going by. And It's just a party, party marathon, in effect. It's a Christmas party marathon. So I'm looking forward to that in a couple of weeks. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me for the year. Um, what I'll try and do is I will um, do the Christmas marathon and I'll aim to do one one more podcast between now and Christmas, a sort of a roundup of the year and, and of that marathon. Um, and then looking forward to next year, um, I've not got loads booked at the minute, but I'm looking to, to go longer with my runs. So uh, in April, I didn't get London ballot, which isn't a surprise to about 99% of the population. So uh, I've signed up for the Peterborough Marathon, which is local to me. I live just north of Peterborough, so it's it's only sort of 20-minute drive to the start. It's in its second year. Again, I don't think it was, you know, it's not it's not thousands of people. I think they had about 300 last year. And looking at their website, um, which is, is run by a company called Sublime, who, who organised the 12-hour night race I did last year. But, yeah, Sublime Peterborough Marathon. I think they've got a licence for about 1,500. And based on... You know things I've seen of last year, and people talking about it this year. There may be, you know, maybe a thousand, maybe eight hundred, maybe a thousand run this year. So that'd be good. Uh, so I've got that coming up in April. Uh, I've also signed up for a couple of ultras. I've signed up for the Longhorn 60k. Um, so the Peterborough Marathon will be a training part of the training run in April for the Longhorn 60k, which I believe is the end of May or middle of May. So about three or four weeks later. Um, and then after the Longthorn 60k, about four weeks later, I've got the, sol- uh, the uh, Solstice 24, um, which is at Beaver Castle, which is, I think it's a 10-mile loop, and just do as many loops as you can in 24 hours. Um, so that's going to be my longest ultra I've done. 
Um, but what's good about that is that you get camping included in all your price and that includes a tent where you can, all your family can come as well. So um, hopefully it's going to be a nice weekend. Uh, the wife and tiddly peeps are going to go as well. Um, I'll set off, I'm assuming, about nine in the morning on the Saturday, running until nine o'clock on the Sunday. I think it's about nine o'clock start. But yeah, the way I'm hoping to pace it all is that I'll run till sort of tea time, get back to base camp, maybe have a half an hour break with the, with the wife and kids, have something to eat and a bit of social time with them. <clears throat> then I'll go off and run till sort of, I don't know, another eight hour stint, maybe till one or two in the morning. Get back to the tent, maybe have an hour's kip, maybe two hours max, but certainly I want to be back out for the last three or four hours and uh, and just see how far I can go. So, um, yeah, that's the plans for next year. I've got Peterborough Marathon in preparation for the Longhorn 60K in preparation for the Solstice 24-hour uh, run. Um, so, yeah, that's my plans. Um, like I say, I'll try and get one more podcast done um after the Christmas marathon at Nottingham and before Christmas to round the year up. Um, but that, that's me pretty much done for this podcast. Again, it's just me rambling on. I'm not successful enough to have guests. I don't have any sponsors. Um, but if I did, who would I have for a sponsor for this one? Um, probably Mizuno, I think. Yeah. If I had a sponsor, it would be Mizuno for this one. Um, I run in the Wave Riders. I'm on my third pair of Wave Wave Riders. I've had 21s, 22s, and now I'm in 23s. Um, And in the the 18 months that I've been wearing them, I think I've had one blister. Um, And that's it. And that's, you know, I've I've run, what, six marathons in them. I've done an ultra in them. No, ultra, sorry, I did my ultra in... No, I did my ultra in Mizuno Wave Riders, yep. And, uh, yeah, one blister through five marathons and ultra and all the training in between. So if you are looking for a, a pair of uh, new running shoes, check out the Mizuna Wave Riders. Again, they are not the sponsors for this podcast, but if they were, they're the ones I'd choose. Um, to round things up, my name's Lee Hanton. You can find me at Instagram at Lee Hans Runs, which is L-E-E-H-A-N-T-S-R-U-N-S, Lee Hans Runs. Um what else is on there? Um, Instagram. That's about it, really. Um, this podcast, you obviously download it to listen to it. Um, you may have got it from CastBox, iTunes, or Spotify. That's where it's available. I'll stick a few little notes in the show notes for links to the races that I'm going to be running. Um, just in case you're interested, it will have, hopefully, you link through to their website. And if places are available, you can sign up. Um, but that's it for me, really. Uh a bit of a, 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 a sort of late autumn ramble about what I've done and what I'm doing. Uh, and thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this, again, go on to CastBox, iTunes and Spotify. Give me a five-star rating. Fours are acceptable, but ideally five-star. Um, if this is the first time you've listened to this, or maybe the seventh time you've listened to one of my podcasts and thought, for fuck's sake, you're really boring, um, then don't give me a rating. I'd rather have no rating. That 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 means more to me than one star. So if you hate this podcast and dislike what I'm doing, then just don't give me a rating at all and stop downloading my podcast. Find something more interesting like Marathon Talk or Running Commentary or the Bad Boy Running Ultra Podcast, uh, Bad Boy Running Podcast or the, the British Ultra Runner Podcast. They're all fantastic. I listen to all them. They're much better than me. Uh, the Run Strong um, with uh, Gary House. Um, he's like me, but a much more interesting 
talks much more sense, is much more qualified to talk about running, and is actually funny. Um, so they're your options if you don't like this. But if you like it, go to the websites of the I, the um, podcast providers. Give me five stars. And uh, yeah, uh, happy running, everyone. And uh, I'll just speak to you soon.